Hello, I'm Ray with another Sunday podcast episode. Right, I've got my notes here. It says here, Terralee nappies. We'll talk about nappies later. <laughs> no, I don't mean to put you off. Um, first of all, the weather. Seven degrees centigrade or Celsius, whatever the difference is. I still haven't looked it up. You might think I sound a bit funny. I've got a bit of a sore throat. I'm not sure what it is. Could be the tablets I'm taking for my knee. On the instructions or the whatever it says, it uh, goes on about side effects. And it says influenza illness symptoms. And after I took a couple of tablets two days running, I thought, hang on a minute, I've got a bit of a sore throat, a bit of a cold. Must be the tablets. But I, I don't know. It, it, I don't know what it is. There are some strange side effects on there. It's quite worrying. I did think I wouldn't take the tablets, but after a couple of days, my knee was so much better, and it really is better now. It's arthritis and all this stuff, you know, what you get when you get old. Right, so it's 7 degrees, which is 44 Fahrenheit. Not good at all. Barometric pressure, 1015 millibars, that is, isn't it? 1015. It's not barometric pressure, is it? It's, it's atmospheric pressure, read on the barometer. Anyway, whatever. Okay, Tony in Australia. Hello, Tony. He says it's too hot. Well, that's nice. Thanks for that, Tony. That's all I need to hear. You're too hot in Australia. Now, Tony moved out there from the UK some time ago. And there are certain things he misses, and I think I would as well. You know, I'm always moaning about this cold, and my knee hurts and stuff. Mind you, my knee would still hurt out there, wouldn't it? Do you get arthritis in Australia? Or is it only here in Britain where we've got cold, damp, horrible weather? <laughs> I don't know. That'd be interesting. Do you get arthritis in Australia or New Zealand or wherever? Uh, my son, Ray, he, as we speak, is in the mountains in Boone. That's B-O-O-N-E. Is that uh, North Carolina? Is that I did look it up and I can't remember. Yeah, Boone is North Carolina. So he's gone there into a, um, a sort of lodge place, you know, a wooden shed. Well, no, no, it's not quite a shed. I think it's a bit better. You know, a wooden sort of lodge type place. So he's there for a few days, which is nice. Uh, Rolf, hello, Rolf. He says, when I was a boy, it would make a good episode. You're right there, Rolf. And that's what this one's going to be about. When I was a boy. That's all the notes I've got on here. So we shall move on. Let's talk about nappies when I was a boy. No, not nappies that I wore. When I was a kid, in the winter, you go out in the garden, there's snow and there's ice and stuff. It's brilliant, fantastic. And on the washing line, I remember this every winter because those were the days before tumble dryers and radiators all around the house to hang washing on. So on the line in the garden was a row of terralene nappies. I remember this specific occasion and a couple of towels and whatever, and they're all frozen solid. Now, I was playing around with one of the nappies, trying to bend it, and my mum shouted out of the window, don't do that, you'll snap it. And I said, what do you mean snap? You can't snap material. She said, you will, it'll snap, it's frozen. And so I sort of left it alone, but I was tempted. I wanted to see whether I could snap a nappy in half. Anyway, I, I did try, and it, it just bent <laughs> when she wasn't looking. And what she did was she brought all the nappies in, because I, I think she didn't trust me, and she put them on the clothes horse by the coal fire in the lounge. And, of course, they all dripped all over the floor and everything. <laughs> but do you remember that? Who remembers, in the old days, the Terralee nappies frozen solid on the washing line? So that's a good place to start, I think, for when I was a boy. Talking of winters back then, I've got two or three woolen jumpers, which I keep for the winter. They're rather nice. 
Not that expensive, really. And I happened to say to Tris the other day, that's a good price, they're about six quid each. I said, that's a good price for woolen jumpers. She said, well, they're not wool. Not wool? Well, what are they? I don't know, some synthetic stuff. They're not wool at all. Do we have wool anymore these days? We've got enough sheep everywhere. Of course, in the old days, when I was a boy, gloves, scarves, hats, balaclavas, everything was wool. You know, mum would knit it. You didn't go buy everything. Mum or grandmother would knit all this stuff for the winter. Jumpers, all sorts. But now I don't, I don't think anything's wool, is it? Or if it is, it must be very expensive for some reason. But of course, wool soaks up wet, doesn't it? And I remember every time I went into the garden, build a snowman or make snowballs to throw at people, your gloves are soaked. You know, then you've got to come indoors. As I said, no radiators, nowhere to dry them. So you stick them in the hearth by the coal fire <laughs> to dry them. They were great days for kids. I think also back then... It was nice to be, I think the word I'm looking for is a child. It was nice to be a child. Someone said to me the other day they, they missed being a kid because no one cared how you dressed. We were all friends and we could all be ourselves without being judged. You know, we were just kids. It was great. It was a great time to be a child. I think these days it's different. There's all this pressure, isn't there? We didn't have pressure on us. Well, we did when we got to school, the big school, as we called it, I suppose. Then you've got homework, which I didn't bother to do. Most of us didn't bother. One or two of the, the bookworms, they bothered. And of course, they went on to grammar school. Whereas those of us that didn't bother with homework went on to a secondary modern school. Uh, but of course, at the secondary modern school, if you didn't do homework, well, the teachers weren't really bothered. All they were looking forward to was the weekend. But they were, I think, really, really nice days for children because you could go over to the woods. Uh, I was first allowed out, is that the way to put it, on my own over the woods. I must have been about eight years old. Do you remember Saturday morning pictures? I mean, that was awful. A load of kids loved it. I remember my mum saying, look, there's half a crown. Go downtown to the Saturday morning picture thing. So I went in there and, oh, I don't know, it's full of kids. Well, as it would be because I was a kid. It was all noisy, they're screaming and shouting. Then the film started, and it was a rubbish film. I forget what it was, some rubbish film they put on. The film broke, they always broke. So everyone's shouting and moaning, put the film on. I don't know what the chap was, he a projectionist or a cinematographer? Projectionist, wasn't he? He was probably up there thinking, oh, damn kids, <laughs> chuck them all out if I had my way. But I hated it. In the summer... OK, lovely summer day. Who wants to be stuck in a cinema with a load of kids when there's the countryside? There's the woods, there's ponds and there's things out, out in the country. Who wants to be stuck in a mouldy cinema? I certainly didn't. I say mouldy because they had that smell about them, didn't they? People smoked in the cinema. They all smoked in there. And you could see in the, the light, you know, from the projector onto the screen, all the smoke swirling around, no air con or anything like that. So you're all breathing in nicotine and tar and chemicals in the smoke. Ah, oh, dear me, happy days or what? No, it was dreadful. But there was that smell. Same with pubs, wasn't it? They had that smell sort of stale beer and tobacco smoke, which I loved. I must say, what I do miss that's if you can find a pub these days that hasn't turned into a restaurant. What I miss is that smell, the stale beer and the fags. That, to me, if ever I smell that... Where did I go a few months back? We did, I forget where we went. We walked into some 
pub, I think it was a pub, I can't remember where it was even, and I had a waft of that smell from the old days, and it really took me back. You know that feeling you get when you, you smell something that reminds you either of something awful, like the dentist or the hospital, or something nice. If I go into changing rooms, which I don't, that reminds me of school, the smell, oh dear, in the changing room, the old boys' school, right? And these boys, some of them used to stink. Honestly, the changing room were awful. I think that's what put me off sport. That's why I played truant. I couldn't go in there. And as for having showers afterwards with a load of naked boys, no, 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 no. Let's move on quickly. There was one cinema in Worthing, the Dome. It was known as the Flea Pit. I don't know why. It wasn't too bad in there. I don't know why they called it the Flea Pit. Perhaps... I don't think there were fleas in there. I didn't go much to the cinema. I don't now these days. We went to see Pink Floyd, a tribute band, at the Pier Pavilion in Worthing a couple of weeks ago. I probably told you. Absolutely fantastic. But Trish, she knows me of old. We had front row seats and I was on the end of this sort of row or batch or whatever of seats. I was on the end in the front. So I've got no one in front of me. The only person beside me is Trisha. That, that's the way I like it. I cannot be surrounded by people. I'm not claustrophobic or anything. I just don't like people. They cough and splutter all over me. I wonder whether that's where I got my cold. No, 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 it's not. That was two weeks ago or more. Anyway, it's not a cold. It's one of the side effects from these dreadful drugs. <laughs> I don't think it is side effects. But I can't be surrounded. I don't like the tube in London, the, you know, the underground trains. I can't. The last time I went on the tube, I don't know when it was, a, year, a few years back, probably five years ago, never again. I don't like it, all packed in there like sardines. On the station, when a tube train comes flying in, the people are near the edge of the platform. I think someone's going to fall off or, or get pushed, like in the old films, in the old days. Black and white films, they were good, weren't they? So I don't like, I think basically, I'm not, as I say, claustrophobic or people-phobia. What's people-phobia? No, I haven't got that. I just don't like to be surrounded by people that are coughing and spluttering and smelling near me you know giving off odors and things <laughs> seeing as i never go anywhere i don't know how i've got this cold i never leave the house well i do i suppose where did i go the other day i went to see a friend of mine he's got a, a shed which is his workshop i popped in there but he hasn't got a cold so i didn't get it there i haven't been anywhere else unless trish has come back with it well she hasn't got a cold perhaps she's a cold carrier and i've got it no it could be the tablets because in the old days, we didn't have all these tablets. When I was a boy, we didn't have all these tablets. People live on tablets these days, don't they? Even pills. I don't remember that. When, when I was a kid, even the older people, I don't remember them taking a load of tablets. I was talking to a friend of mine on the radio the other day, and he said, oh, I'm, I'm taking so many pills, I'm rattling. What was it? 15 or 16 different tablets every day for various heart problems and this problem and that problem. I mean, he would be rattling, wouldn't he? That can't be good for you, can it? All these different drugs, all with side effects. I mean, what's going to happen to your body, filling it with all these drugs? I don't take pills unless I really have to. Headache pills especially, I don't bother with those unless I've got a severe headache, which I don't seem to get, luckily. My mum, she gets these, uh, is it migraine or migraine things? She has flashing lights in her eyes and dreadful headaches. I knew a chap many years ago, he'd have to have a day off work. He had to go on the bed, in the dark, curtains drawn, and be, he'd be there all day with this migraine. And he'd be ill with it, you know, seriously ill with it. Fortunately, I've never had anything like that. 
Anyway, let's move on from illnesses and drugs and tablets and things and doctors. Oh, doctors now heard on the news this morning. They're hoping to close at five o'clock in the afternoon. Well, that's a bit daft because a lot of people don't finish work till five or six. So how are they going to go and see a doctor? Mind you, you can't see a doctor these days anyway. Not in Britain. I haven't seen a doctor for months. When I went about my knee, I saw a paramedic. Then he suggested an x-ray. I went back after the x-ray and I saw the paramedic. I haven't seen a doctor, so I don't know what's going on. Luckily, I don't need a doctor most of the time, but some people do, don't they? I don't know what they're meant to do. You can't have doctors working nine till five, Monday to Friday. What about the rest of the time? They were saying on the telly this morning someone had to wait six weeks just to see a doctor. They did actually get to see a doctor. Six weeks, yeah, by which time... <laughs> by which time you're not ill anymore. Or, in this person's case, she was even worse because of the, the six-week wait without any tablets. It's a beautiful day. I was hoping I didn't have to go out today, but we've just been to the post office. Trish wanted to lift up there, rather a large parcel to post, so we've been up there. It's a lovely day. It's cold, but clear blue sky, a little bit of breeze from the west. Really nice day. I don't mind this sort of wintry. No, it's not wintry, is it? It's wintry. People get that wrong on the telly. Even weather forecasters say it's going to be a bit wintry. It's not, it's wintry. So I don't mind this sort of weather when it's dry. What I don't like is the rain. Going back to the winters, though, when I was a child, I used to go over to the woods when I was, what, eight, nine, ten years old. Go over to the woods in the winter and the pond there where we used to get the, the newts and the stickleback and the tadpoles frozen over. And I remember one kid walking out on it. We said, don't, don't do that, don't do it crash through the ice luckily it wasn't very deep but he was up to his well up to his knees in water and he he had to because we couldn't go out and help him because we would have gone through the ice anyway he managed to sort of clamber back onto the ice and come back and he was shivering he was frozen he ran home as you would I suppose but uh, we were awful we laughed we shouldn't have laughed actually it's dangerous because you don't know how deep that pond is I remember my mum telling me you know, don't you go anywhere near that ice because what if it's six feet deep for example you know us kids were what three feet high <laughs> I don't know what we were and it's six feet deep oh plus I can't swim mind you how would you swim you'd have to swim underwater then you couldn't get out because of the ice dreadful I didn't need her to tell me not to walk out on the ice I knew that was a daft thing anyway but uh, good advice from mum anyway but kids did that though they did daft things back then I mean I did daft things but not not to do with water, because I couldn't swim. I remember racing down a hill on my bicycle with, you know, the old speedometer you could get for your bicycle, 40 miles an hour down this hill. Salvington Hill, if you want to look up on the map, there's Darrington Hill, then Salvington Hill, right up to the top where the windmill is, bombing down there on our bikes, 40 miles an hour. If we'd fallen off, well, it could have been fatal, couldn't it? No crash helmet then. No knee protectors and elbow protectors and all the stuff they've got these days. Just there you are on your bike, T-shirt, shorts, sandals or whatever we had on. Bombing down there at 40 miles an hour. And at the bottom is the main road, the A27. So if your brakes were no good and you couldn't stop, you go straight across the main road, probably under a lorry or something. It's funny, isn't it, looking back, the things we did as kids. Well, when you're my age, I don't know about these days, do kids do dangerous things? I'm trying to think now. Our grandchildren, what do they do that's dangerous? Probably things that I don't know about, which is probably just as well. I'm sure they must get up to 
well, they get up to naughty things, all kids do, but I don't think they would be things as dangerous as, as we did in our day. There was a chalk pit near us, and not a very deep one, but we used to climb up the face of the chalk pit, you know, and then fall down and go home covered in chalk and cuts and bruises. But that was the norm. Plasters. I remember my mum sticking plasters on my knees and things. It seems that every school summer holiday ended up with plasters on my knees or elbows. <laughs> but that's what being a child was all about. And I think that's what kids, well, they don't miss it because they never had it. But that's what kids would benefit from today if they could experience that. You know, going up the woods and cutting your knees and scraping your elbows and not drowning in ponds, of course, but having good fun. Scrumping was good. You know what scrumping is, you will if you're old. Scrumping is going to someone's orchard and nicking the apples and pears or whatever they're growing. Apples normally. So we'd go scrumping. There was a, an orchard not far from where I lived, uh, just in, outside Worthing, near the beach. And there was a way over the wall. It was basically someone's garden, a large garden. And we were in there one day, one afternoon in the summer, nicking the apples. And this old boy came out. We, we actually hid in the bushes. We saw him come out. We hid in the bushes. And this old chap came out. It's funny saying old boy. He was about my age. I don't know. I'm an old boy now. And he said, I know you're there. Where are you? And he was swearing and shouting. Anyway, he opened the gate and he went out. The gate was locked. We'd come over the wall. He unlocked the gate, went out because he thought the kids had gone out into the street. So we hid our bag of apples that we nicked. And we whipped out of the gate. There were only two of us, whipped out of the gate and walked nonchalantly along the pavement. And he said, you two, have you been scrumping? And we looked at him. What? What do you mean, mister? Scrumping? We're just going down the beach. What are you on about? And we looked all innocent, of course. <laughs> and he said, you sure you just haven't come out of my garden? So my quick thinking paid off. I said, I just saw two boys run out with some apples. Do you mean them? Which way did they go? I said, that way. And then my, my friend said, yeah, they went that way, mister. We saw them. They had a load of apples. So this chap went off down where we pointed to. We nipped in his garden, got our bags of apples and did a runner. That was funny. So you can talk your way out of trouble. <laughs> I thought that was rather clever. I remember telling the kids at school, they thought that was, I was going to say cool. Things weren't cool then, were they, in the 50s and 60s? They were fab. I mentioned the winters earlier. I think winter school holidays, like Christmas holidays, were as good as summer holidays in many ways, obviously different ways. But the winter holidays were great. Going over the woods, as I said, the pond was iced over. There's snow, you know, you're, you're treading your way through snow, deep snow, no leaves on the trees, everything's barren. Really good, that frost in the air, you know, that really cold air. It was fantastic going over the woods. And of course, there was still wildlife around. Still things to see. I went out with a girl once. Here we go. Uh, it just reminded me. I went out with this girl. I was, oh, I don't know, 20, 19, 20 years old. And I asked her out, do you want to go out for a drink? Blah, blah, blah. Usual old chat up line. She said, oh, yeah, okay. So we went to a pub. Where else? And we're sitting in the pub. This was uh, in the summer. And she said, well, can we go somewhere else? We had a couple of drinks. Can we go somewhere else? I said, yeah, yeah where do you want to go? And she said, the woods. And I'm thinking, hello. <laughs> Here we go. This is a bit quick. I've already just met her. And I said, uh, yeah, OK, fine. And she she obviously sussed what I was thinking. And she said, no, no, no. I like the woods. I like the countryside. She said, I don't mind sitting in a pub. 
but a lovely summer evening like this, I'd rather be walking in the woods. I said to her, so do I. I would rather be in the woods. She said, no, you wouldn't. You're just saying that. But it was true. I would rather be in the woods than sitting in the pub on a beautiful summer evening like that. So we did. We went up to the woods, uh, you know, where I knew, the woods that I knew. And she hadn't been there before. I think she lived, I can't remember where she lived but further away from, you know, where I was. So I was able to show her around. I showed her the old air raid shelter that we used to play in as kids and the pond. And she was really into all the wildlife and stuff like that. And it was really nice to meet a girl that didn't just want to go pubbing and clubbing and (laughs) all that sort of thing, all this loud music. Oh, don't get me wrong. I loved loud music. I loved going to the clubs to watch the live bands. But early on a summer evening, this must have been about seven o'clock, to be in the countryside on a beautiful day like that, it was just much better than the pub. I must just say that after the woods, we did go to the pub. (laughs) When When it started to get dark, we went to the pub. But early in the evening, it was nice. It was really nice, as I said, to meet someone that felt the way I did. Didn't want to be in the town. I hated going into town. Different if we're going to a club, we've got a night out and we're going to a club, as I say, there's live band there, and we're there till, what, two in the morning, get home at half two, three o'clock in the morning, and still be up bright and early the following day. I don't like going into town now. I've never liked towns. I don't know, I suppose, I suppose it's because I lived within, what, five or ten minutes walk of the, of the woods. That's why I liked the countryside. I don't know, we're all different. I've never liked the beach. The beach is a mile south of where we live now. Takes, what, 20 minutes to walk there? I don't like the beach. I don't know what it is. There's just something about it that I've never liked about the beach. But we're all different. I remember saying to a friend of mine about this girl, I said, oh, I met her and we'd only been in the pub sort of half an hour and she wanted to go to the woods. And of course, oh, yeah, yeah, uh, go on then. What happened? Well, we looked at the wildlife and we talked about the animals and the, the plants and the pond. Because <laughs> no one believed me. This chap said, yeah, right. And the other people I was with, yeah, okay, pull the other one and all this all this stuff they came out with. But it was true. I don't know what happened to that girl. Did I go out with her? I can't remember. I really can't remember. I know, yeah, we did go to the woods a few times after that. Can't remember what we did, which is probably just as well. Of course, going back to childhood, not when I'm 19 or 20 with girls, going back to proper childhood, I said earlier that we were not judged and we were just free to dress and be ourselves, we would go over to the woods, a crowd of us, I don't know, about six. There'd be perhaps four boys and a couple of girls. And they were just part of our group. I won't say gang. They were just part of our group. And they were tomboys, which was fine. They could be tomboys back then. I mean, these days, if a girl shows any, I don't know, leaning towards (laughs) acting like a boy, then dreadful thing. Well, we won't go into that. But back in my day, when I was a boy, we didn't have any of that nonsense. Boys were boys, girls were girls. And if a girl wanted to put on a pair of jeans and old jumper and come and join us lot, hooking tadpoles out of the pond, then she could. No one thought anything of it. It was just normal childhood type thing to do. And we didn't think that the girls were any different to us. Well, not at that age anyway. Sort of eight, nine, ten, eleven years old. Come 12 years old, 13, then obviously you're thinking, hello, she's a bit different. (laughs) But when we were proper kids, we didn't look at them as anything other than just one of us lot, one of our group, and we're going over the woods. I remember calling on a girl, uh, what's her name? Denise. 
Yeah, Denise it was. Her house was on the way to the woods, so I'd go and knock on the door and I'd say, I'm going down the woods. Her mum answered, yeah, Denise, Ray's going down the woods. Oh, I'll go with him. Hang on. And we'd just go down the woods. Other kids would see us going or we'd meet them there. It was just, I don't know, it was just so very different from today's kids and the things they do. Just had an email from Ray. Hello, Ray. Yes, we did wear short trousers at uh, what we called primary school. Once we were, how old were we, 11, I think, or 12, went to the, the secondary school where we wore long trousers. But yeah, kids were freezing in short trousers in the winter. I mean, it's daft, isn't it? Mind you, I saw a girl the other day. She was on her way to school, pointed her out to Trish. We were in the car. She had a very short skirt on. I don't know why these girls think they should wear such short skirts to school. But it was a freezing morning. It's about half past eight, freezing morning. And she's got these bare legs. Must have been absolutely, I don't know, I don't understand it. Even in my trousers, I'm cold, let alone having (laughs) naked legs like that. But uh, whatever, that seems to be the norm. Talking of clothes, we used to go to kids' birthday parties. And there was one in particular, I remember. This girl, Diana, she lived down the road from me and we were, we'd been invited to this party. So on the way, I kind of called for her. That's what we used to say in the old days, called for people. So her mum opened the door. Diana, raise here, come on, off you go. This girl came down the stairs in a party dress. Do you remember party dresses? It was pink and all the petticoats and she looked lovely, I told her. I said, wow, you look lovely. No, I don't. <laughs> she didn't want to wear it. The reason being, not that she wasn't uh, anti-girly or anything, she liked being girly. The problem was that after the party, we'd arranged to go over to the woods. It was a summer evening, and she hadn't told her mum that, so her mum had said, oh, come on, you've got to wear your party dress. Anyway, we went to the party. Everyone liked it. A couple of the other girls said, oh, you look like a princess. We were, what, 12, I suppose, about 12 years old. A couple of the boys admired her. Oh, wow, you look nice. And it was a great party, you know, orange juice, sandwiches and whatever. <laughs> of course, then we're going over the woods. And she said, well, I'm, I'm not going home to change because she lived the opposite way. So she said, I'm going to go to the woods like this, in this party dress. Pretty obvious what happened next. She came over to the woods with us, got the dress filthy. Worse than that, ripped it on some brambles. Tore this, um, the petty, what they lace, not lace. Looked like net curtains. Do you, know, do you know what I mean? Ripped all this petticoat part, oh, I don't know. And of course, <laughs> she's then saying, oh, my mum will kill me. What happened, bit of a long story, what happened was I saw her the next time and I said, you know, what, what happened about the dress? She put it away in the wardrobe, got home, her mum wasn't around, put it away in the wardrobe and changed into her jeans. And her mum said, oh, it's nice to see you hanging up your clothes, apparently. Didn't realise it was ripped to shreds. Birthday parties were quite good fun, actually, because... We'd all turn up at someone's house. We'd have drinks and cakes, sandwiches, sausage rolls, all, everything all laid out. They're really good. Oh, jelly, of course. Jelly and ice cream was the favourite. So, yeah, parties were pretty good. I did get invited to a few, even though I, I didn't like most people. I just had a, a small, I suppose, select group of friends, about six of us, maybe eight of us that would go over to the woods or wherever, not always to the woods. Sometimes they wanted to go to the beach, so I had to go with them. But that wasn't too bad, paddling in the sea. Even though I didn't like the beach, it was good to be with our kind of crowd, I suppose. Children's parties these days are different. They go out, don't they? Go to theme parks or zoos or whatever it is. Whereas back then, 
people didn't have the money. Well, they weren't the places to go. There were there were zoos, of course, but there was um, Chessington, Chessington Zoo. Is now, is it World of Adventures or something? But there weren't all these places that the kids go to these days. Or possibly the cinema on their birthday, the parents might take them there with a few other kids. But mainly it was parties at home, which I think was nice. You know, they'd invite school friends and perhaps a few of their, their friends and family outside school. You know, it was good. I, I used to enjoy the parties. I certainly enjoyed the, the free food and drink. Because as we got older, parties changed but not only did they change there weren't so many I remember going to a, a girl's party what she was 14 of course she had a record player so she's playing all the, the latest records that she had her mum and dad kept out of the way it was evening rather than late afternoon it was a whole evening so things between the ages of I don't know 11 12 to kind of 14 15 things changed dramatically something else that's just come to mind did people write letters then? Do you remember writing letters when you were a kid? My grandmother, one of the grandmothers, lived up in Surrey, so didn't see a great deal of her, but I would write her letters, even when I was, what, six, seven years old. And you know, we'd go down the, I'd go down the post office with my mum and the post box, rather, and stick them in there. And then a week or so later, I'd get a reply, which was nice. I don't know whether kids they don't write letters now, do they? No need to, I suppose, with emails and whatsapp and facebook and twitter and goodness knows what else all these what are they called platforms no need to write letters i suppose but that was good i remember doing that and we had a couple of um was it aunt and uncle up in norfolk I remember writing to uh cousins up there uh that was yeah not that often but just write a letter now and then what are you doing how are you stuff like that and they'd write back i'm doing this how are you <laughs> so Yes, again, something else that's changed a lot. I wonder how the letters are, you know, as far as the, the post office are concerned. I know they've been on strike recently, but I wonder how many letters are sent now compared to the old days. Because the postman was always around. Well, there was morning delivery, wasn't there? Then the second second delivery, I remember that. So they must have had quite a few letters to deliver. I wonder how many they have now. Because there are so many other... Well, there's there's Amazon Prime, isn't there? So that doesn't go by Royal Mail. Then you've got Hermes and whatever else. It was Every or something they call themselves. Loads of other delivery services. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to know what, uh, what the difference is. Ordinary letters, I don't mean parcels, between then and now. Trish was saying the other day, because I was talking about the postal strike, I'm waiting for four items. I've been waiting a week now for them, all coming by Royal Mail. And of course, they've been on strike. And Trish was saying the trouble is these days, if you order something, people expect it tomorrow. I want it tomorrow. And that's the thing with Amazon Prime, isn't it? You can order it today and it's here tomorrow, even if tomorrow is Sunday, up till nine o'clock at night. Whereas in my day, she said to me, Gordon, you're talking about the podcast, about the old days. What happened then? Well, she's right, because I would write out a, a cheque or a postal order was quicker. You say, you'd send your cheque off in the post. That would take two or three days to get to the company. They take the cheque to the bank, three days to clear the cheque. They then pack up your goods and post it to you another two or three days. So it could easily be a week, week and a half before you got whatever it was you'd ordered. And as she was saying these days, I want it tomorrow. I want it now. If I order it now, can I get it this afternoon? And I have had that. I've ordered something early in the morning and it's here in the afternoon. 
So people now, their expectation is certainly no longer than tomorrow. So it's all <laughs> it's all changed in that respect. I suppose, I don't know, is, is it a good thing? It's rather nice, isn't it, if you want something, to have it delivered the following day, even if it's Sunday. So the whole thing is changing dramatically, isn't it? Of course, if you wanted to be a little bit quicker in the old days, a postal order was the thing to send. So you go to the post office, buy a postal order, send that off, and that was as good as cash. So you didn't have to wait for a cheque to clear. That would speed things up a little bit. But of course, you had to then go to the post office and buy the postal order. (laughs) I don't know how things have changed and how they will change if we have drone deliveries. You've probably heard about that. They've been experimenting, haven't they? Delivering parcels by drone. So if you order something now, you pay now. And of course, the money is instantaneously sent across to the company. They get that. They grab it off the shelf, hook it onto a drone. You might have it in an hour or two. I mean, that's, I don't know, that's crazy, isn't it? Imagine all these drones flying around. I don't know, is that going to be possible? Here in the UK, I don't know what you've got abroad, but in the UK, oh, you have, yes, you've got power lines uh, up in the air, haven't you? We've got telephone wires all over the place. But in America and wherever you've got, a lot of the electricity supply is by uh, cables up in the air, isn't it? From a pole to the house, from your pole transformer to your house. So the drones have got to navigate all that. Wires all over the place, plus my aerials all over the garden. Not that they go over the back garden, I suppose. But that's the next thing, isn't it? I think that's the next big step. Take all the lorries off the road. Well, for smaller parcels anyway. And then everything's delivered by drone. Imagine that. Something else has just come to mind. Have you seen these adverts where you've run out of milk? There's one couple, they've run out of nappies. I was talking about nappies earlier, wasn't I? Diapers to the Americans listening. There's this advert. If you run out of milk or something like that, you could have a four-pint thing of milk delivered to your doorstep, to your front door. I don't know how they do that. I mean, it must cost. You must have to pay. But within an hour or something, or half an hour, you've got this person turn up. Hello, there's your milk, or there's your nappies. How does that work? So (laughs) what's that going to do to a a local corner shop? Because if we run out of milk, we nip round the shop. It's just on the corner. It's only, what, five minutes walk to the corner shop? And you can grab most things you want there. But if all we have to do is do something on the on the phone or your iPad, ding, 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 there it is. And half an hour later, someone's on the doorstep with your milk. That'll put the corner shop out of business, won't it? I must look into that. That's something else to look into. Surely you pay more than just for the pint of milk. Someone's got to pay for the delivery of it. I don't know. Things, I keep saying things are changing. I can't keep up with it all. They're changing that fast. I wonder in the future whether we'll get to the stage where people won't have to leave their home. You won't have to leave your house. Everything you want will come to you. Now that won't be good, will it? What will that do for people? Exercise, for example. Walking around the shop is exercise. Just stay on the sofa. Wait for the doorbell to go. What will that do for the social side of things. People won't go out, they won't meet because the pubs are in decline, as I've said. What was it, 50 a week are closing? Not that they want to, it's just that they haven't got the customers. They're not making the money, so they can't stay open. So there won't be any, I don't know, in the future, it's quite worrying, isn't it? I often think, what's it going to be like in 20, 30, 50 years? What will it be like? Will we have cars? Everything will be electric. 
Will there be drone delivery? I, I don't know. It's, it's frightening in some ways. It's frightening. I like the way it was, where you go over the shops and you do your shopping. No supermarkets. You go to the different shops. The butcher, greengrocer, pop in the sweet shop. It was nice. I liked that, going to the shops. And of course, it kept people fit as well. It got them out. In fact, a friend of mine the other day, he was talking, he had to go and get something. And he said, oh, well, bit of a drag, but at least it gets me out of the house. Just thinking about school again. Do you remember the school dentist? He'd go around the schools, or several of them would, I suppose, checking the kids' teeth, which was good, really good. Now, I've never liked dentists for various reasons, with all due respect if there are any dentists listening. But one kid said to me, we must have been seven, six, seven years old, one kid said to me, well, what the dentist does, he pulls out one of your teeth. I remember this vividly, and I said, what do you mean he pulls a tooth out? Why? Or to check your roots, he has to pull one out. It'll be at the back so it won't notice. And it's to check all your roots. If one's okay, the rest are okay. Because I believed him. I believed him. And I was worried all day because waiting for my name to be called to see the school dentist. And I'm sitting in the classroom and I was terrified. And when I got to the dentist, he could see I was (laughs) terrified. He said, are you all right? I said, I don't want a tooth pulled out. He said, I'm not going to pull a tooth out. What do you mean? And I told him, I said, oh, one of the kids said that you pull a tooth out. Anyway, he laughed and it was okay. But I got my own back on that kid because we used to have school medicals where the doctor came round. And I said to this boy, I've just had my medical. And he said, oh, what's it like? And I told him a load of lies. I said, they do this to you and he does that to you. It's awful. You have to take all your clothes off and you have to do this and that. And he was petrified. (laughs) so I got my own back but wasn't it good though that a dentist visited the school checked all the children's teeth and a doctor presumably a doctor went there as well for the medical checks checked all the children for various things I mean that was good that doesn't happen these days does it I'm sure it doesn't the free milk at school that finished was that Margaret Thatcher that finished yeah what do they call the milk what do they call Thatcher the milk lady or something because she took away the free milk for kids at school. And of course, when you're young, you need the calcium that is in milk. I hated milk because it was warm. It was disgusting. But, you know, it did the kids good. It was it was good for the kids. You know, we did need the milk. So when you look at schools these days, all they worry about now is, I don't know what they worry about now, teaching them all sorts of nonsense. Instead of, as it was in my day, what was it? The three R's. Was it reading, writing and arithmetic or something? And looking after the kids, the dentist, the doctor, school milk. I don't know what's happened. All these things have ended, haven't they? Everything's finished. I suppose there are too many children now. I suppose there are so many kids. It's, as I've been saying about cars, too many cars on the road, too many people. I mean, you can't get rid of, (laughs) you can't get rid of some of the people, obviously. You'd have to kill them off, which wouldn't be a good idea. But there are just too many people. There aren't enough houses There aren't enough roads, there aren't enough schools, there aren't enough hospitals. It just goes on and on. As I said earlier, what's going to happen in 50 years' time? I suppose medical things will improve even further, won't they? So perhaps not so many people will be in hospital. I don't know. No point in speculating, I suppose. Whatever will be, what was it? Um, Que sera, sera, isn't it? Whatever will be, will be. 
Now, email from Jenny here. She says, you were always over the woods when you were a kid. Yeah, that's true. Well, not always. Most of the time. (laughs) She says, what did you do when it was raining? Because very often in the summer in England, it pours with rain. Very true, Jenny. Very true. In fact, and in Scotland, Ireland, Wales, everywhere, it rains. (laughs) And I suppose northern France, because they're only over the water. What did we do when it rained? Did you still go to the woods? Yes, I did. We had a cape type thing. The kids had capes and Macintoshes and stuff like that. I used to put this cape on and go over the woods. It was great by the pond in the lashing rain. We got soaked, you know, even though we had the capes on and uh, not all the kids went, but there were a few of us, three or four of us. We'd go out in the rain later on when we had a phone. You know, we could phone each other. Because bear in mind, in the 50s, not everyone had a phone. Very few people had a telephone. Landline, I mean, not mobile. Good grief. No such thing as a mobile phone back then. So you get a phone call. You're coming over the woods. It's pouring with rain. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? Oh, okay. we'll go over the woods. And we did. And we'd shelter in the old uh, air aid shelter there. This sort of underground concrete thing that was very often half full of water. But if it wasn't, if it was dry, then we'd go down there. And we'd light fires and things. Oh dear. I remember once an older brother of one of the kids came over. This when it, not when it was raining and in the summer. And uh, he came over and he was smoking because most people smoked. Then he must have been about 18. And he put a load of wood in this air raid shelter. And, you know, we said, what are you doing? Oh, I'm going to build a bonfire. And he set fire to it. And he kept chucking wood in through the, the doorway of this air raid shelter. And the flames were like a furnace coming out. Of course, we thought it was great fun. Terrific. Until this policeman turned up. Someone had obviously, I don't know, told the police or whatever. This copper turned up. We hid in the bushes and this older boy that had started the the fire, the copper said, oh, what are you doing? And he said, I've just come across this fire. I'm making sure it's all right. I was just about to call the fire brigade. Of course, the copper didn't believe him. We're sniggering in the bushes. (laughs) Great fun. I mean, it wouldn't have set fire to the woods. The air raid shelter was, it was an underground thing with steps down to the doorway and it wasn't too near any trees or anything. But that was fantastic. I remember going home and my mum saying, as she always did, oh, what did you get up to today in the woods? Nothing. <laughs> well, you know, a copper turned up and the air raid shelter was on fire. And <laughs> dear. But we learnt a lot. I may have said before, there was this flint wall in the woods, very old, probably, it must have been 100 years old, probably part of a, an old barn wall or something. And it was covered in ivy and moss and, you know, just sort of general growth. And I saw this little bird, tiny little bird, fly into the ivy and disappear. So I went and had a look. And there was a, about the size of a large orange, this round ball of moss with a tiny hole in the front. And as I'm looking at it, I'm a few feet away, this tiny bird came out and flew off. So I looked in there and there were eggs in there, tiny little eggs. And this chap I was with, he said, that's a wren that just flew off. That's a wren's nest. Now, I'd heard of wrens, but I don't think I'd seen one. And I said, oh, wow, really? I learned. I looked at the nest and I said, oh, it's like a ball, isn't it? He was into, um, what was it? He had some book about birds and nests and all this stuff. And I learned a lot from him. And after that, we went looking for various nests and he knew what they all were. So, you know, he was teaching me, even though he was only my age, what, 10 or whatever, he was teaching me about birds' nests. We didn't touch any eggs, of course. We knew not to do that. Parents had said, 
If you see any bird's nests in the woods, leave the eggs alone. If they've got little ones in there, little babies, keep clear, don't touch anything. So we knew what to do and what not to do. One friend of mine, he was into the beach. You know, he'd go rock pooling and stuff, looking for little shrimps or whatever, little crabs and bits and pieces in the pools when the tide went out. And I did go with him a few times, but I couldn't get into it. But again, he taught me things. He said, oh, look, that's a a so-and-so crab or whatever it was. So it was interesting. Everything we did was interesting, even if it was the beach that I didn't like too much. I did learn things. Whereas now, oh, what was it? We took our grandchildren to, is it Tapnell's Farm? Yeah, on the Isle of Wight, Tapnell's Farm. And it's, it's kind of an open farm where they have visitors and stuff. And this chap's saying, right, he held up this big blue egg. He said, what does this egg come from? And our little granddaughter, she put her hand up and he said, yes. And she said, a cow. <laughs> oh dear, a cow. Of course, everyone laughed. And her younger sister said, no, a duck. So she got it right. Her younger sister got it right. And it was so funny. This farmer chap, he, he couldn't stop laughing for a while. A, a egg, a blue egg from a cow. But she learned. She learned that these blue or turquoise colour eggs were from ducks. And that's how you learn, isn't it? I sometimes wonder, kids these days, they never go to the countryside. They just don't, I don't know what they do. If they do go to the countryside, it's some, uh, what is it, swinging on ropes? Or what do they call it where you go down these wires, zip wires and things? Oh, I don't know. You, you go from tree to tree high up, don't you? And stuff like that. I suppose that's exercise. But it's not the same as being allowed to roam around the woods on your own. No adults around to interfere. Don't touch that, it's dirty. Don't go, look, you're going to get your jeans wet if you kneel there. None of that nonsense. We got wet and we got muddy. As I said, one kid fell through the ice into the pond. You know, we lived, we lived life. We were free. And uh, what was it I said earlier? No one judged us. No one bothered about what we were wearing. Well, mum bothered about it when we got home and we're covered in mud. But other kids didn't bother about what we were wearing. Oh, don't like his jeans. Oh, haven't you got the latest trainers? There was no such thing as latest trainers or designer jeans or all this nonsense. We just bunged our old clothes on and went over the woods. Went round a friend of mine's house. He only lived a few doors away. And his mum said, oh, he's in the back garden. I went round there and he's digging a hole right down the end. Quite a big garden we had on those houses. He's digging this huge hole. I said, what are you doing? I'm making a camp. And he said, oh, there's a shovel. You can help me. So we dug this hole. It must have been six foot long by three feet wide and deep. I don't know how deep it was. I was, what, three or four feet high? And it was, you know, I couldn't see over the sides. And we kept digging and digging. We got down to clay, digging and digging. Mountain of earth next to this hole. His dad didn't seem to care. I don't think his dad was into gardening, really. His dad was a plumber. Anyway, That's beside the point, (laughs) what his dad did for a living. So then we got this wood and put a a newsflash. Hang on, what's happened? Oh, someone's died. Uh, Singer Irene Cara, is that best known for title tracks of fame? And I can't read my watch. Oh, that's a shame. Where was I? So we got this wood, put it all over the hole, but left an entrance bit where you could just sort of jump into it. And we put all the, the spare earth back over the wood. So there was a kind of mountain on top of on top of where there was a hole. And I'm surprised it didn't cave in the weight of the earth. But that was a camp. Then we dug some steps so you could go down on the, the sort of mud steps. And that was fantastic. That was his camp. 
and down there he had a torch and uh, on one of those paraffin hurricane lamps. You know, you put paraffin in it and light the wick. I'm surprised we didn't set fire to ourselves. And that was our camp for quite a few weeks of the summer. When we got to autumn, it had been raining. <laughs> this is funny. It had been raining really hard for a few days. The sun came out. I went round there and his mum said, oh, he's down the garden. I went down there and the thing was full of water or half full of water. Our camp. So that was the end of that. What we did was shovel all the earth back down the entrance bit, take the wood off. You know, it just ended up as the garden was originally. But it was great fun. And it was a lot of exercise as well, all that digging. When youngsters say to me, weren't you bored without a computer, without a phone, blah, blah, blah. Bored? We didn't have time to get bored. There weren't enough hours in the day as far as we were concerned. Anyway, I'm going to end it here. I've still got this blasted cold. It seems to be getting worse. What's the point of, what is the point of having a cold? What does it do apart from make you feel awful? But my leg's perfect. Oh, by the way, it's now Saturday. Where are we? One o'clock Saturday. So this will go on tomorrow. If you want to email me, raiserants at protonmail.com. Be great to hear from you. And until next Wednesday's midweek message, look after yourselves. Take care. Bye-bye for now.